Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe just for a moment while we bring on our great Facebook community. Bear with us one moment here, gang. And... We're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you had a really interesting piece that ran uh, this morning across MHH social media that kind of conveyed what James Palmer, who, of course, NFL insider, also beat reporter on the Denver Broncos beat, had to say about... Drew Locke's future. And maybe there were some fans out there that were like, wait a minute, doesn't this like go without saying? But as you and I discussed right before we went live, it's not that fate accomplished. So explain right. what what James Palmer reported and we'll talk about it. Well, he pretty much said a lot of what we've already known, but I like the things that we'll get into in a second, the details that he added to his report. He said the Broncos will be aggressive in uh in chasing Deshaun Watson if Watson becomes available. We all knew that. They believe Watson is in a group of quarterbacks that can single-handedly change the course of the franchise. But they are not interested, failing a Watson trade, which is still, to me, unlikely, they are not interested in the second tier. And I wrote this uh, last night before the Carson Wentz trade did go down, but the Carson Wentz's of the world, the Marcus Mariota's of the world, they don't like that group. They don't think that group is better than the quarterback they have already in Drew Locke. And what Palmer says out loud here is, is the same thing that Chad and I have been saying. Maybe they are encouraged, the Broncos, the brain trust, George Payton and Vic Fangio, give Locke another year considering the trajectory in which he ended the season on. He had two of his best games in the final four weeks of the season. He cut down on the turnovers, cut down on the bad decisions, the bad throws, and he actually looked like a quarterback that was progressing. They think, there's, or Palmer reported that there's a belief in the in Dove Valley that if Deshaun Watson does not work out, they are fine and prepared and confident in rolling with Drew Locke as the starter for next year. And what he said there is that Drew Locke, all this outside noise, the speculation, the rumors, it's not affecting him in the least. He's in the building working out every day. He's doing what he has to do to prepare to be the starter of the team next season, no matter how many different names are floated as uh, potential successors. By the way, prayers up to all of our great listeners across uh, Broncos country that are in different parts of the country being hit by these wicked winter storms that have had just different effects on different sectors of North America. If you're in Texas, 
you know, you're not used to things freezing and all of a sudden the electric power grid goes down because it doesn't have freeze protection. And a lot of people are out of power. A lot of friends of mine, a lot of colleagues that I know covering teams down there like Dallas and Houston. And so thoughts and prayers up to everybody out there. Uh, stay warm and, and uh, you know, stay, uh, stay full as well. Hope you get some food storage is what I was going to say. But Zach, you know, the whole notion of Drew Locke and what Palmer talked about as far as his, his work ethic off season wise. I don't remember now. Correct me if I'm if my memory is off here. All right. If we re- re- rewind to February of 2020, I don't remember any reports of Drew Lock being in the building. I don't remember any reports of Drew Lock being in the building after the season ended until training camp started. I think there's a reason for that, and I think it's because they're anticipating that there's not going to be OTAs again this year, and so the quarterback. And the OC probably working in conjunction with each other saying, hey, let's get as much time on task together now while we can, while we can be within proximity, because we don't know when the next time we'll actually be able to get on the field is. Well, this is why the comments that we've gotten about questioning Drew Locke's leadership and how much he loves football, it couldn't be more off base. Because say what you want about him as a passer, his mechanics, the technical work of his position, that's one thing. But how much he loves the game, how much he loves being Q of the Broncos is indisputable, Chad. And he is in the building. This is not just Palmer. I've actually read this from a few people that Locke has been working out around Dove Valley. He's staying very much in tune with the playbook because like Palmer lays out, for once to have a repeat coordinator, to have some semblance of continuity for the first time in his career, the Broncos are taking note of that. So if they can't get Deshaun Watson, I'm not sure why Palmer lumps Matt Safford in with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. I, I disagree there. But if they can't get the big fish on the open market, potentially they are comfortable pairing Locke with a mid-tier free agent like an Andy Dalton or like a Nick Foles and giving Locke the chance to earn the franchise quarterback mantle with a full fair season, a full fair audition. And Chad, this is the same thing with respect to James Palmer. Great reporter. I love what he broke down yesterday. It's the same thing, though. We have been spouting for weeks now. Do not be surprised if Locke is the starting quarterback week one of next season. And the more smoke that comes out, it sort of points in that direction. By the way, I got to give, we have to give a quick shout out here. To John Wooler, and a happy birthday. Tuesday was his birthday, 73 years old, I'm told. And let me tell you something, John. I know you're a big fan of the show, and I know you're a big fan of the Denver Broncos. You got a son that really cares about you. And uh, happy birthday from, from Mile High Huddle. Happy birthday from the Huddle Up podcast. And we hope it was a great one, my friend. Yes, appreciate the support. Thank you so, so much. Let me read this quote here from James Palmer. This kind of gives you, I think, a no-duh, kind of like, you know, we you could probably figure this out. George Payton's the new set of eyes on this whole thing, but I think the people inside the building that are, t- that are carrying over from last year, this kind of gives you a feel for how they're viewing Drew Locke. Quote, obviously people in the building believe Locke had his ups and downs this past season, but they think at the end of the year he played pretty well. He had two of his highest passer ratings of the season, He had seven touchdowns to two picks in those final four games. Things started to change for him. Maybe they'd like to see him with Pat Shermer with a full offseason for the first time, as he's always had a new offensive coordinator. They're looking at other quarterbacks, obviously, but they don't believe this affects Locke's confidence either. He's still been in the building regularly, working out, and they don't think this will affect him by any means. Now, Zach, I'm not so sure about that. I think it will affect him. The question is, 
Is it going to affect him in the negative or in the positive? Is it going to be the mojo that the wind beneath his wings, so to speak, or is it going to be, you know, the, the chain around his neck that sinks him, you know, like in a mob, in a mob movie where they wrap the chain and the, and the cinder block around the dude's ankles and toss him in the lake that we don't know if that's what this is for Locke yet, or if it's, if it's wafting him up into, into the stratosphere, time will tell. I think the implication for Palmer is it's not going to affect him negatively. And that's, you know, we all assume he's going to use it as motivation. And I believe like you pointed out, we did not hear even pre pandemic last year, Locke coming into the building to work uh, no matter what the offensive coordinator situation was going from Scangarello to Pat Shermer, he was not around the building. So I think he's using this as motivation because despite you know, a popular opinion or popular narrative. He loves football. He loves the Broncos and he's working his ass off every day to be better and take hold of that job. If it's offered to him, if he's allowed to guys, we still have a lot more to get to tonight on the topic of drew lock. We got to talk about Colin Cowherd's latest hot take. I mean, this dude burned himself. You know, he was the guy that went way out on a limb, bold prediction this time last year, drew lock's going to be the 2020 uh, pop quarterback. He's going to be this year's Lamar Jackson or or this year's uh, Patrick Mahomes, that second-year guy. Carson Wentz, too, popped in his second year. And then, of course, it's the second there was any sign of adversity, he slammed him, starting in week two when he injured the shoulder. And we'll talk about that. Plus, it's the Mile High Mailbag. We are your football priests. Each and every week, we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. So get him in the chat. We'll do the best we possibly can to spread it out as as uh, democratically as possible. Get to Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, of course, our Super Chat superstars. We'll get to all that here in just a moment. First, what we have to do is say thank you to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, Manscaped. Gang 2020, it's in the rear view. It's time to fully embrace the new year, new me mindset. And I know a lot of you have. Those of you still on the fence, what better way to kind of boost you into that mindset than Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they've helped over 2 million men around the world, not just in the States, keep their male grooming on point. So, Zach, it's like we tell everybody, if you let yourself go a little bit in 2020, quarantine, maybe a cloudy job situation, just uncertainty, now's the time to reboot with Manscaped to help you stay clean, help you stay shaved in 2021. Yeah, uncertainty or certainty, you always want to look your best, whether it's a job interview, whether you're going about a virtual you know, day in your occupation, no matter what you're doing when you run to the store or when you get gas, no matter who you come in contact with or what you do in your daily life, you always want to look good and feel good. And Manscaped allows you to do that. I know you can't really see too closely right now because I have a small little box on the screen, but I use Manscaped. It's not just for below the belt. I use it on my face. I use it on my below the chin. It, I can straighten everything up. If you like to sport a beard or somewhat of facial hair like I do, this is a must-have for, for what you need in your daily repertoire to keep yourself looking good and feeling good. Manscaped is the way to go, I promise you guys. And what I like to talk about, obviously the star of the show is the Lawnmower 3.0. All right, we've talked about the bennies and features. It's the safest one out there. You're not going to nick your boys. And this thing can go in the shower, and it's got the light to illuminate the path. You know what I'm saying? For that harder to, to see undercarriage. But actually what I love the most about Manscaped is just how versatile their offering is. There are so many great tools that are low cost to help you get your grooming on point and just take it to another level. So head on over to manscaped.com. If you use the code HUDDLE, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. That's code HUDDLE. And trust, your family jewels will thank you. 
Yeah, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUDDLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HUDDLE. Happy New Year to you and your family jewels. All right, I'm just going to touch briefly. A lot of patient, patient members of our community that uh, are waiting, so I'm going to very quickly go through this. Have you followed the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page? If not, get on that stat, all right? If you love us, follow that page because we have some big plans for you. On that page this year, 2021, facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. All right. Or just open up the app, type in huddle up pod in the search. You'll find us on Twitter. It's at huddle up pod at mile high huddle. Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And then, of course, our producer who, trust me when I say this, is a great, so many of you already know this, but John is a, aka Buana Beast, a phenomenal Twitter follow, very engaged, very. He just he he knows when Broncos news breaks like half the time, John's the one pointing us in the direction, Zach and I, so we can get articles up and whatnot because he's just got, you know, he's got his feelers out there. So follow us there. And then also, gang, uh, check out the merch store when you get some time. Huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get a hat, get a t-shirt. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have some really big plans coming very, very soon. Some new designs. We're working with a guy that's gonna unveil some cool, cool stuff and it's another way to support what we're doing here. And then last thing here, gang, before we uh, get back into the stream is we're sitting here on Thursday night. It's the last Huddle Up podcast of this week. We'll be back Sunday night, but between then, you can still catch up with Mile High Huddle and with Zach on Kelberman's Corner every Sunday at noon Mountain Time along with Kim Becker. It's a different flavor. It's hot takes that hold water. It's not an hour-long, long-form conversation like this one is. It's a little bit different presentation but you want in on that. All right. It's step one. It's phase one of Mile High Huddle's premium VIP video content. And right now it's only for Facebook supporters. So if you want in on that, go to facebook.com Mile High Huddle. That is our main page or just open it up in the app. You'll see the big blue button. Or those of you that are on Facebook now, scroll to the bottom where you would type in your comment here in the chat. You'll see that green icon. Click that. You're in like Flynn and you will be notified. You'll be buzzed when we go live with Kelberman's Corner. Sunday at noon. And if you're not in a position to do those things, hey, it's all good. We're seriously just stoked to have you with us. But do these three things, all right? Subscribe, like the video. Gang, you have no idea how much that helps us. And share, all right? If we're doing a good job for you, share it out there. Help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. 
And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And I want to grab here uh, real quick. We got to grab Fat Cats who dipped in, dipped out. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, if the Levante David sweepstakes don't go our way, can Justin Sternod be a better option than what we have now? I just don't know a lot about him. Zach, your thoughts? I tend to think that you and I slightly disagree on Sternod. I don't see him for right now to be the true three-down, you know, future 10-year linchpin starting inside linebacker. I don't think he has that high of upside. I do think he can be a nice rotational guy to have, a good ILB3, you know, so to say. And he could help in pass coverage, but they need that dynamic guy. They need that blue-chip elite talent, whether that's Levante David or Micah Parsons or JOK. I would always rather go with the better prospect overall. And when you compare a guy like Sterna to Parsons on a football level only, it's no comparisons. He's a nice guy to have around, but coming off an injury room rookie season, how much could you count on him? I'd rather have some more um, insurance yeah. in that in that position. I'm I'm relatively high on Justin Sternod, but I agree with you on that 100%. He was an injury case coming into the league, and then first year in the league, that injury case only gets worse. So you can't count on him. You do have to have insurance policies, contingencies in place. So if you swing and miss on Levante or if he ends up just re-signing with Tampa, doesn't even want to test the market, you know, you got to bring someone in that can that can offer you something similar to what he brings to the table. And you know what, if you do bring someone in like that in the draft or in free agency, you're probably going to have to be the draft, and Sternada ends up staying healthy, suddenly you'll have two guys that can you know, check that box and be that athletic sideline-to-sideline guy that might just might be able to actually cover a tight end in the AFC West. So I'm, I really like Sternad, and I think he's got a ceiling, but at, up to this point, Zach, it's just been one catastrophic injury after another. The thing is, Sternod's ceiling is here, so to speak, and Micah Parsons' ceiling would be here. And I, I want that guy in the building with the higher ceiling. And in the Vic Fangio defense, if they retain Von Miller, you know, you put a guy like Micah Parsons, that level of talent in between Bradley Chubb, in between Von Miller. I mean, that's the ultimate scenario for a Denver defense that hasn't covered a tight end, Chad, in half a decade now. Yeah, and, you know, they haven't had it easy. I mean, for all those years, you had Tony Gonzalez, then you had freaking Antonio Gates. Now you got Travis Kelsey, you've got freaking Darren Waller, and even Hunter Henry's no slouch, you know. But um, nevertheless, it's a it's a burden that the Broncos have to be willing to meet. And up to this point, they've they've gotten by with you know Scotch tape, you know some right. toothpicks. Here's Kenneth on uh, MHH staff. He says Sternot had the speed to track down Lamar Jackson in college, but can he stay healthy? That's the question, man. That is the question that uh, only time will tell here. Um, all right, let me see here real quick, Zach. I want to, John, before we jump to the next super, let me just get a, an eye on what the order is here so that you and I are on the same page. It looks like, so we, we got Fat Cats, and then we got uh, Tyler, Muhammad, and then I have uh, Cop 16. So we need Tyler and Muhammad if you can get those queued up. In the meantime, let's grab Cop 16. Appreciate you, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter if you have not. Oh, it's Savage Boy Kev. All right, sick, dude. Coming over from Twitch, supporting the cause on YouTube, on Super Chat. That's a mile-high salute to you, my dog. We really appreciate that. Thank you, Kev. He says, if we get Drew, uh, the Drew, <clears throat> excuse me, if we get the Drew play, 
from the Panthers game all season, what do you guys think the Broncos record would be? That's including, you know, having a uh, Caleb Farley, uh, Nandy Dalton as a backup, Von Miller back, Shelby back, Simmons back. And uh, again, Savage Boy Kev on, on Twitch. Thanks, my friend. That's really cool. Um, so if you got that version, if you got the Houston Drew and the Carolina Drew on a week-in, week-out basis, dropping dimes, putting up points, scoring touchdowns, dude, I'm telling you that's a double-digit win season for you, especially if you bring back all those guys you just mentioned. Or even the Week 17 Drew, who that might have been his finest, cleanest performance in a Broncos uniform. Or even the New England game, Drew, where he was hurt by uh, receivers dropping multiple touchdown passes. He had more flashes of brilliance than people want to let on. And I'm right there with you, Chad. If they would have gotten you know, above average to good quarterback play paired with that defense and having those players and having no injuries. and ha- This is what we're talking about. They're not excuses. They are facts. And all these things hurt the Broncos and hurt Drew Locke. You take those equations away, those circumstances, that is a 9-10 win team, which, Chad, you and I predicted going into the season. We both had them being a playoff team. So those other third-party circumstances could not be foreseen. Quick shout-out here to David Bingman. Some of you, uh, those of you who are active in our comment section at milehighhuddle.com, and if you're not active in our comment section, get on that. What's holding you back? Sound off. We want your takes. But Denver Cool on uh, on our comment section at milehighhuddle.com. Just shout out to you, David. Appreciate your dedication and your contributions to our community. All right, let's grab here. Uh, Tyler, rapidly becoming a bona fide superstar. I think you've you've arrived on that, Tyler. So, Thank you, my friend. Welcome. It's so it's been so great to get to know you a little bit here in these chats, and we appreciate your support. He says, "What are the odds we draft an offensive tackle in the first three rounds? We need one with Juwan James being Juwan James. If we do what if we do what round and who do we get? I think trading back into round one for Darisaw from Virginia Tech should be looked into. Much love. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. So." Offensive tackle is a low-key need for the Broncos, and it's not just because Juwan James's, you know, uh, lack of reliability. It's because your two key backups from last year that stepped in and stopped the gap when he opted out are both free agents, right? DeMar Dotson and Elijah Wilkinson. Now, you guys know Zach and I, we're no fans of Elijah Wilkinson as a tackle. We like him as a guard. We're not stoked on him as a tackle, but nevertheless, they're at least – both he and Dotson, Zach, were experienced veteran backups that could, you know, step in there and at least be competent most of the time, especially Dotson. But that's – we don't know what's going to happen there. So offensive tackle is a low-key need if you take one where – and I can pull up some uh, – I can pull up some rankings on, um, you know, on the tackles that, that make sense. I don't have a specific name in mind, but if I had it my way, my ideal draft for the Broncos would be to go cornerback, inside linebacker, and tackle in the first three rounds. Those are addressing the three biggest glaring needs you have on the roster right now. I know they might double dip at cornerback. They might take a safety. They might take a defensive lineman. They can go in many different directions, but offensive tackle, like you said, a low-key need, not a high-key need, not a first-round need, maybe not even a second-round need, but definitely a need. You don't want to leave yourself exposed to the Jake Rogers, the Calvin Andersons. You don't want to sign DeMar Dotson off the scrap heap. You want a young guy you can build around and someone that Mike Munchak can mold. All it takes is one Garrett Bowles injury, then what do you do? A Juwan James injury, then what do you do? Or Juwan James whatever situation, then what do you do? For far too long, the Broncos have been bare in the cupboard at offensive tackle. This is a situation where they can't wait until the fifth or sixth, seventh round, an undrafted free agent. They have to use one of their premium picks in the first three rounds to address right tackle. 
So a few options that I know, you know, if we keep it, um, because I'm, you know, we never try and stir you guys wrong. All right. We end up getting much more wise on the draft classes each and every year. Once we get into the off season and that process has begun for Zach and I, but we're never going to lie to you and try and pretend like we are NFL draft experts. That's not what we do. All right. That's why we bring on guys who that is their expertise. That is all they do. Like Eric, Nick, Luke, Lance, Carl, that's all they do. Let me throw a few names at you real quick. This is from Eric Trickle, all right, five offensive tackles. All right, I'm sure a lot of you guys saw this video on the website and at milehighhuddle.com. Well, I'll do a quick share screen so we can all eyeball this real quick. Um, bear with us one second here. But here are the names that Eric likes, and, and they're you know, kind of second, third round range, which is about where I like it. That's kind of the sweet spot for me, Zach, if you're going to take an offensive tackle is – you know, day two at some point, day two. He likes Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, Jackson Carmen from Clemson. I'm going to butcher this this dude's name, Daniel Fa'alali, Minnesota. Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. And then Spencer Brown, he's the big six-foot-eight guy. Now, this was published long before the Senior Bowl. But this cat here, Spencer Brown, Northern Iowa, that's who was – he was one of the stars of the week at the Senior Bowl, Zach, was Spencer Brown. So – Eric's been eyeballing him out of the crowd at small school, Northern Iowa for months now. So those are five guys to keep an eye on. Those are some names for you. Rounds two and three. Yeah. Daniel. Fa la 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 la. <laughs> he, he has some name recognition. He could be a third round choice. Uh, Alex Leatherwood to me has the most name recognition. I think he's the, the most uh, polished tackle among that group. I just don't think he'll, he'll make it to round three, which were the Broncos in my scenario where they would look for that tackle. But any one of those five, Chad, if they solidify the position, I'd be pretty much happy with. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, let me see. Um, This is a good time to do it before we get too much farther, because Oftentimes we get so consumed and, and engaged with the questions in the chat that we sometimes forget to actually grab some of the content that we wanted to touch on. I'm sure a lot of, Hey, what's up, Jeffrey? Appreciate you. Um, I'm sure a lot of fans are wondering about this Colin Cowherd thing. Cause that's kind of how we titled the, the episode. So let me grab that real quick. 
We'll dive right back into the mailbag. But here is what here's here's the title. All right. Drew Locke slammed by Colin Cowherd again. He's the quote, he's the fifth best quarterback in his division. Now, let me let me get into this a little bit. All right. So Colin Cowherd, first and foremost, I want to remind everybody, I mentioned this at the top of the show, but Colin Cowherd's the guy that went out. He was, he was Zach, like one of two people I can think of in the national perspective, literally from even before he entered the draft, that had anything positive to say about Drew Locke, right? An overall positive evaluation on Drew. And so it was noteworthy. This time last year, he was flexing and going to bat for Drew and, and beating down ESPN reports that said, you know, or PFF reports, I should say, that said that even Drew Locke's mom wouldn't draft him in the first round. Cowherd was going to bat for Drew over stuff like that. He was actually battling people in the media landscape over Drew Locke. And then, of course, he makes his big, bold prediction that Drew's going to be the big pop guy in 2020. Well, injures that shoulder in week two, and that's all it took, right? It was four and a quarter of you know, another quarter. So four, let's just say five quarters. And then he's off that train saying, I'm off Drew. He tries to be the cool kid and all this stuff. We can all remember this because we went all, we went over it in depth last fall. Here's what he said on his show on Wednesday about Drew. Quote, and this is him vibing off of the Michael Lombardi report that from the day prior on the Pat McAfee show, talking about how the Broncos almost made a trade for a quarterback last week and that they're, they, they're off lock. They believe Locke's not the guy. That's why they're so active on the veteran market. So, uh, there's a few sections of this, Zach, that I want your take on. Quote, he ain't it, as the kids say. Too casual, just doesn't play with enough urgency. He played AAU basketball, a little too cool for the room, and that's cool guys don't win in this league. Baker tries to be too cool. Johnny Manziel tried to be too cool. Cam Newton sometimes was more worried about being cool. Don't be cool, be urgent. Be kind of a dork, like every play matters. Drew Locke doesn't play with that kind of urgency. He lets too many balls go that you just wouldn't throw in high school. Just not good enough throws. So he's done. But it's now official. Denver is looking for a quarterback now. Zach, your thoughts to that? And I want to grab two other things he had to say. Well, first of all, I mean, where do we start? As a blanket statement for Colin Coward, he is a poser. I mean, to the literal degree, he is the type where he had a fidget spinner as soon as they became in fashion and then threw it away when it wasn't, Chad. He hops on every single fad. As some comment pointed out just now, he was among the people championing for, for the year of Drew Locke when that was fashionable. When it, Drew Locke, going into his fo- first full season, his second season, he could have been something. He could be the next... You you know, the next Josh Allen, the next Lamar Jackson, the year of Locke. That was fashionable then, so we hopped on that train. Now this offseason, considering that it wasn't the year of Drew Locke, he wants to hop off that train because that's fashionable as well. He wants to get on the, he ain't it. What does that even mean, be a dork? In football terms, that doesn't make any sense. Is Patrick Mahomes a dork? Is Aaron Rodgers a dork? He mentions Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield just led the Browns to the divisional round of the playoffs. I mean, I I would take that level of play. Baker Mayfield played really good ball this year. He, Colin Coward, has specific boxes he likes to fit people in because it suits his ratings and it suits what's best and what's hot at the moment. He, as as Malcolm Brown says in the comments there, he's a clickbait specialist. And Ernie Mass says he's a he's poser status. He is the definition and the epitome of a poser, and that's all he ever will be. There is no original bone in his body, Chad. And whether it comes in politics or sports or everyday life, I don't respect anyone who doesn't 
stick with what they believe in. And I don't respect anyone who doesn't speak to their own values and stand by their convictions. I've gotten so much blowback, as have you, for standing by Drew Locke and not advocating for Deshaun Watson trade. I am never going to be a sheep. I am never going to be herded in the in the mob mentality mindset to to oh, you're supposed to think this way. You're supposed to think that way. I'm going to stand for what I believe in, no matter the pushback. Someone like Colin Coward cannot do that because they cannot stand to be real with themselves, and that comes out every single day with comments like these. Word. Well said. Here He goes on, quote, what's really happening in the NFL right now, it used to be when you were a quarterback, you came into the league and you got one shot. Drew Brees was the exception. If you got hurt or you didn't work, it was over. It's all done now. You do get a second chance now. Carson Wentz is going to get one. Sam Darnold's going to get one. I think Jameis Winston is going to get one. Cam Newton got one. Marcus Mariota, I think, is going to get one. Ryan Tannehill got one. So why is that happening now? Why do quarterbacks get a second chance? There's two things. A, it's just a more transactional league. There's more trades made all the time, and quarterbacks, like everybody else, can be moved. Number two is it's a bigger business than ever, more money than ever. GMs and coaches are just less patient. So they're just going to move off you. It doesn't mean the league is going to move off you. It means your team is more willing to quickly move off you. And with this influx of terrific young college quarterbacks ready to play, teams roll the dice more. Joe Burrow walked in with a bad O-line and a bad team, and we knew by the second week at halftime, The dude can play. He was the number one overall pick. How do you compare the two? Drew Locke, I thought he was interesting for about five or six or seven starts. Now we got 18. The dude can't play in this league. He won't get a second shot. There's an old rule in the NFL. I've said this multiple times. You can't have the fourth best quarterback in the division. If you do, you got to move off him. So in the AFC West, Mahomes is number one. Herbert is number two. Carr is number three. Drew Locke is not number four. Marcus Mariota, the backup to Carr, is better than Drew Locke. So Drew Locke is the fifth best quarterback in his division. It doesn't work that way. You got to move off him. Nothing against the kid. 18 starts. He's too casual, too many picks. He's just not buttoned up. You got to move off him. Close quote. Uh, because you say so, Colin, right? He mentions Marcus Mariota. Didn't he just reference in the previous paragraph a guy like Marcus Mariota not getting one more shot? And that's a better quarterback based on what? Because he came in for one fill-in performance and he looked decently well. He's better than Drew Locke. He talks about the money in the cap situation. It's another blanket statement because in this this year, this cap situation, it's actually going down. So teams will be wanting pinching more pennies this year because of the pandemic. All he is saying there are all cliches, platitudinal nothings, just clickbait, anything he can think of, he's not buttoned up, he's not dorky enough, he's not nerdy enough, he's only going to get one shot, I've seen all I have to see out of 18 start, who, who is he? Who is he? Is he the judge, the jury, executioner, Chad? Is he the all-knowing evaluator? Is he the, the ultimate pro football focus analytic? No, he's Colin Coward, a guy who's known for people dunking on him more than he's known for being right. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. 
explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today woodhouse buick gmc we are professional grade not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Well said. Well said. And guys, if you want my specific thoughts on this, go read the article. But one last thing I want to say is on the subject of second chances, for quarterbacks suddenly being a modern phenomena, BS, all right? Um, look at Jake Plummer, all right? Flamed out in Arizona, Broncos signed him, had a career uh, resurgence, right? Look at Kurt Warner, wins it all, greatest show on turf, St. Louis, flames out, goes to New York, flames out, goes to Arizona, and boom, it happens for him again. That was a third chance, dog, all right? I'm missing one. Who's – uh? Oh gosh, who am I thinking? I had it in the article. Now, now I'm on the spot, and I can't remember who who the other guy was. But go ahead. There's someone random I'm thinking of. Chad Pennington. He ran, got ran out of New York. He won a division title with the Dolphins. I, I mean, there's so many examples you can keep naming, and, and it just makes him more and more wrong. It's just a ridiculous uh, Rich Gannon. That's what I was going to say. Now, Rich Gannon was he was a little bit different because he was a journeyman to begin with. And he bounced around to so many different spots. And when he finally landed with John Gruden in Oakland, it was right time, right place. And boom, he was ready to rock and roll. Isaiah says, coward is a coward. Anybody that listens to this guy loses all credibility. Love the truth you guys speak. Keep it up, fellas. Hashtag MHH fan. Appreciate that, Isaiah. Uh, Let me grab this from Roger on Facebook real quick. He says, uh, appreciate you, Roger. Of course, one of our great supporters on Facebook. Will there really be an offseason? Will they have a preseason? All in the air, right? Yeah, right now, that's very much up in the air. But I'm telling you right now, Zach, it's going to be an upset if there is a, a OTAs. Because yeah. uh, as a member of the uh, Pro Football Writers of America, I get put on all the all the press releases and email lists and Zoom calls with the NFLPA. They're angling hard, Zach, hard for no offseason. In fact, they are loving – It's a, it's not like they were um, – you know, hoping for a pandemic so that they couldn't do the offseason. But one of the collateral benefits of the pandemic is now they have a viable reason that they know the owners will listen to to get them out of having to report at any point during the offseason for on-field play. I'll be stunned if there's any version of OTAs this year. But I do think the owners, Zach, by the time you get to summer, I mean, I don't know those of you who are on social media. I've, I've been seeing a lot more like concert flyers through my timeline the, the, the festivals, things like that, they're rebooked, like they're back on. And so I think, by and maybe that changes, right? It's a very fluid situation with this pandemic. Maybe that changes, but I think by the time you get to at least the dog days of summer, right, which is August, that's when the preseason traditionally is. I think there's a better chance that the owners are going to be able to have a leg to stand on on the preseason, but we'll see. 
Yeah, I mean, at this point, in J.C. Treader, who's the the Brown Center and the NFLPA president, he said that he he embraces virtual work. Roger Goodell said the virtual work is kind of like the the short term, uh, you know, outlook for the future for the NFL. So I do think, at least through the spring, it's going to be mostly virtual. We can maybe hope for a mostly normal training camp, but I believe they will leave that to the respective jurisdictions of each team, each city. You just mentioned, you know, things opening up near you. That's different in another city, Chad. So. Red or blue, you know, that's a whole other subject. We can hope by summer that we have some sense of normalcy, and then by fall, stadiums are full, fans are there, and we have the NFL that we all know and love back again. Muhammad, MHH, male model, jumping in with the super sticker. What's up? It's good to see you, my friend. Looking good Thanks, as Mark. always. Um, real quick, Dave, I know you had to like and leave. You'll check this this stream out later, but your I can't remember if it was a mug, hat, or T-shirt, whatever it was you won from the Huddle Up Pod Facebook page. But uh, it has shipped. So you should be seeing that in the next couple of days. And by the way, when you get that piece of swag, Dave, make sure you send us a selfie, flashing it, flexing it. We'll put it out on our social media. Appreciate you, Doc. Um, all right. Let me see what else we got here. Um, good to see you, Miller707. Hope you're doing well as well, my friend. All right. Here's uh, Drew Hollenbeck. Love you, bro. Bonafide superstar. Drew, this is a guy, Zach, that's never been on the show. You should come on the show, all right? If that's something you'd be into, reach out to us. You know how to connect on Twitter or send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com, and we will arrange it, set it up, make it work. We'd love to get a chance to talk with you. He says, Cower disrespected Locke? Shocker. He flip-flopped on Locke literally every week. Also predicted Denver as a wild card team this year, meaning 2020. Yeah, I mean, he's – uh I think the vehemence and the the venom that you're getting from Cowherd the last six months on Drew Zach is in direct proportion to his embarrassment, right, of predicting Locke to be the pop guy and it doesn't come true. And it's not because, oh, you're so wrong calling on, on Drew being the pop guy, be ashamed, you know, eat your crow. It could have happened. If he doesn't injure his throwing shoulder and lose what modest momentum he had from a completely weird – a truncated offseason and a very weird and truncated training camp, maybe he does end up becoming the pop guy. I, I doubt it based on what we ended up seeing, but still that's really, Zach, what shifted for Drew in 2020 was that injury against the Steelers in week two. Nothing worse than a flip-flopper. Again, own it. Don't sit on the fence. Don't constantly change how you feel because of the other blue check marks on Twitter and the whole, you know, the mob mentality and what the sheep are telling you to think and what to, and what to say and how to feel. You know, he was predicting the year of Drew Locke. He was predicting him as an MVP, but that, that again, that was fashionable at the time. Now his media cohorts are saying the Broncos are a decent team with a bad quarterback, top five bottom quarterback in the NFL. The stats tell me, the analytics tell me, other people tell me, and he's just glomming onto that. He's the kid who's saying, pick me, pick me. I want to play, pick me. I'm cool too. It's like he admitted that, Chad. He wants people to be more dorky when there's no one more dorky because he's projecting than Colin Cowherd. Mark Aguirre? on uh, YouTube says the Saints should be cutting Quan Alexander for cap space. The Broncos need to get Quan Alexander. I'm not big on Quan. Like I was okay a few years back when the Niners landed him as a free agent. What was that, Zach? 2019, I think it was. I mean, that's how quick he flamed out there. I know it was a short-term deal. I don't remember the exact deets on it, but I'm I, I'm not huge on him anymore. And I, I, without looking him up and getting reminded of his exact age and and looking at some of his analytics and stats from last year, I'm, I'd be a little leery on 
you know, uh, hanging your hat on Quan being the the problem solver at linebacker. Levante, right? I don't even have to think about it. If he's what's up, Mark? If he gets into the even, you know, flirts into the Broncos' orbit, you got to try and land him. If it's not Levante David, I'd rather the Broncos invest those resources through the draft, get younger. He would be cheaper, whoever they would draft in that spot. And, you know, they have two veterans already. They have Jewel. They have A.J. Johnson. They, you know, even Sternod's coming into his second season now. It wouldn't hurt them if they want to prioritize a rookie or a young player. Quan Alexander, like you mentioned, his his star was shining briefly, but that kind of flamed out now. If not Levante, I want a rookie at inside linebacker. Yes, yeah, so this question from Robert, yes, in case you guys missed it, the Colts traded for Carson Wentz. So thank the goodness uh, thank goodness that he is off the table. Like that's a that's a bullet dodged if for any Denver Broncos fans out there. Like just be glad that's off the table. There's no temptation. There's no I mean it's off the table. I can't remember what was it? A, a, a third and like a condition uh, second, yeah. second and a third. Could be a first, depending on how well he does over there. So, yeah, that's off the table. That's the second quarterback domino to fall this offseason. Notice, though, the conditional pick was for next year. They couldn't even get a conditional you know, second or first this year. So that says a lot about Carson Wentz's value. But now, Chad, it seems like Broncos country has moved on to another quarterback, any quarterback that has any semblance of availability. I think you and I were both asked on Twitter, any response to the rumors about the Broncos trading for Kirk Cousins? And it's like... Come on, just because of the Minnesota ties, because he's a quarterback. I mean, not every guy is going to be bound for Denver. Not every guy deserves to be tied or speculated to be involved in Denver talks. Thank God Wentz is off the table, Chad, but I don't think he was ever really a a, a realistic option for the Broncos this year. Dude, Kirk Cousins has shown you what he is, gang. He's shown you what he is, all right? The McVeighs, the Shanahans, the uh, Stefanskis, the Kubiaks, could only get him so far. He hits that ceiling. The, the stats are there. You'll get the stats. But when the chips are down and you need that drive or you need him to be that tide that raises all ships, sorry, he's, he's not going to be that guy. Uh, Simon, really appreciate that generosity, my friend. Yeah. And also it was cool to see you uh, hop on Twitter and, and connect with us there. So look for us shouting you out tonight. We really appreciate that generosity up there north of the 49th parallel in Canada. He says, hello, all. We all know the need at corner, inside linebacker, right tackle. How early should the Broncos go for a safety? I have a vision of the next Jamal Adams playing besides Simmons. Is this a need or not? Is it worth a second to third round pick? I learned so much from you guys. Love what you do. Thank you. We love you too, Simon. Thank you, bro. Um, There's a couple guys that would be interesting there, but it all, to me, Zach, depends on – you want to talk about dominoes. How do the dominoes fall on the on the Simmons front, and how do they fall on the Kareem front? All right, the Broncos could conceivably move on from Kareem Jackson between now and March seventeenth, when the new league year begins. If that happens, safety suddenly, uh, depending on two th- third domino. What do you do with Will Parks? Right. Depending on how that all comes together, by the time you get to the draft, if it's a need, then yeah, safety. You're looking at safety in one of the premium rounds, and the premium rounds, first, second, third. All right, the guy that I know, it's universal at MHH from all the draft guys, Richie is Grant. Richie Grant. Yep. There are some other guys that are, that are out there, Zach, that are worthy of consideration in uh, rounds one, two, and three, and including JOK, who we talked about a little while back that's kind of a hybrid safety tweener. 
you might be able to utilize him better as a, as a safety. There are some options out there. But again, before we can say it's a need need, we need to see how the free agent dominoes fall. We can safely assume, though, I mean, they're going to bring back at least Simmons or Kareem Jackson. They're not going to get rid of both safeties. So if they do lose a starter, it obviously becomes more you know, of a pressing need. But there are free agents out there. If they lose to Simmons, they have Anthony Harris from the Vikings. They can sign him. Like Chad said, it's hard to predict the draft before the open market opens and all these different moves are made. It would be a need. I don't know really how high they would take that player, a safety in, in the draft, considering their need to cornerback, inside linebacker, tackle, even running back. Chad, they have needs all over the roster. I happen to believe, though, if they lost a Simmons or if they lost a Kareem Jackson, they would take a safety in the first four rounds because they would have confidence that Vic Fangio, knowing what he did with Simmons himself being a third-round pick, he doesn't need a first-round caliber prospect. He can mold a third or fourth rounder into a starting caliber safety. Our friend Zach, a.k.a. Burn the Guitarist. Great name. You've got got some swag coming your way as well, my friend, that has shipped as well. I think it was a T-shirt, so be looking for that. And, hey, again, we appreciate it. You send us a selfie when you get that swag, and we'll we'll vault you. He says, hey, guys, I'm just happy that Denver officially avoided the one starting quarterback who had a worse year than Locke, Carson Wentz. Amen. And, Zach, real quick, before before you riff off that, uh, Joel on YouTube, I want to grab this. It's worth it. All right, let's, let's please. Let's, I saw this earlier. I want to. Zach was calling for Garibald's starting job for being horrible uh, within the first two years of his career, but would give Locke all the time in the world to prove he deserves the starting job. So wrong. Schmaug, do your thing. Wrong. Wrong on multiple counts. First of all, Garrett, Garrett Bowles got three years to prove his worth. He got all fair starting opportunities. There was no pandemic. There was no of these rash of injuries. The offensive coordinator changes didn't really, you know, amount to much for him specifically as it would for Drew Locke. And he now also the last couple seasons had the best coach in the business. It'd be like having Andy Reid call the plays for Drew Locke. So that point is wrong in itself. The second point there, I'm not giving Locke all the time in the world. I've said this and I'll say this for, for the millionth and number one time now. If he does not pan out this season, I will be on here, guys. The, I will start with a monologue saying I was wrong. I will get an actual crow. Peter, don't come after me. And I will eat it on camera if I am wrong about Drew Locke. All I want him to do is be given a fair shot to sink or swim on his own. Because Say what you want about him last year. That was not a fair opportunity. And someone like Garrett Bowles, he had fair opportunities. He sank on his own. The holding penalties, the sacks allowed, the technique, the uh, the unsportsmanlikes chat, that was all on him. That was squarely on him. And he rebounded and became one of the best players, if not the best player at his position. And I was right here saying I was wrong about Garrett Bowles. I was wrong. And the, his supporters were right. We both did the same thing, Chad. And I will do that in reverse if I'm wrong about Drew Locke. But you can't compare the two. It's apples and hand grenades. I just want to see Locke get one full year with continuity, no injuries, his full supporting cast, and hopefully good coaching. If he still bombs after that, I'll be wrong. But until then, I am not. And guys, there's a big difference, all right, in terms of we're not sitting here saying Broncos need to stick with Drew because he's going to be Josh Allen next year. We're not predicting that. What we're saying is you've gone this far, right? The kid, let's face it, this hasn't been a traditional first two years in the league for him as a quarterback. There have been so many mitigating factors outside of his control that whether you think he's not it, I'm saying like pretend I'm on the inside and I'm I'm in the Broncos front office. Whether I think he's it 
or whether I think he's not it, there's not enough of a solid uh, body of work, considering all the factors, to know for sure either way. But what we do know for sure, all right, is this. You've put in the TLC. You've invested in him from time uh, to coaching to scheme to specific draft uh, picks that were made to build the nest around Drew. You're going to suddenly throw that away on the heels of just the weirdest NFL season in the history of humanity, all right? You don't know yet. And so if you hadn't already come this far, okay, all right? I'd be probably a little bit more understanding to those of you out there that are saying, dump Drew, it's over, we know. If you're calling Cowherd and you're using absolutes to say Drew ain't the guy, I would maybe get there with you a little bit closer anyway than I am right now, but you don't know. And meanwhile, it's not like this kid has come in and been, you know, what? Ugh, I can't even say. He, it's not like he's come in and, and, and stunk up the joint. That's the best thing that I can say. He hasn't been like horrendous with zero silver lining, zero signs for optimism. He has flashed promise. He has flashed potential. James Palmer talked about his last four games. I'll, I take it a step farther. It was week 11 on last year. He won four of his first five in 2019. All right. There's some there there. All right. He's got two very, very productive games where he went over three hundo and seven touchdowns in those two games combined. There has been some there. So it's not like you're completely unfounded. If you think, you know what, we've gone this far. We put in the time. If we're going to get a return, we're right on the cusp. And all of a sudden you squander that. You walk that desert. You know, you took the pain that it takes. Anytime you make an investment, Zach, let's say you want to go to the gym. You want to build your body. You got to go through the pain. You got to go through the the work, right? You got to pay the price and then you get the reward, right? No risk it, no biscuit. Well, all the Broncos have done up to this point, Zach, is risk it. Now you're telling them right when the biscuit's about on the tip of their tongue, whoop, nope, boom, throw it out here. We're going with a donut instead. You're like, whoa, what did I just work for, right? What did I just invest in? What was all this time? Now, again, if Drew had been, Zach, a complete and utter just tank, complete bust from the get, it would make perfect sense. If we were talking about Paxton Lynch here, it's not even a conversation, right. but we're not. Exactly. And, you know, the thing about the gym analogy, which is great, Chad, a lot of Broncos fans want to, they've never, figuratively, guys, don't kill me, you, you've never stepped foot into a gym before and you want to pick up a, a five-pound dumbbell and do one rep and be Arnold Schwarzenegger. It doesn't work that way. You have to put the time and the investment into every prospect, but especially quarterbacks and especially raw quarterbacks. I don't know how hard this is to understand. And the thing is with Locke, you, you just give him the opportunity. Just And the Garrett Bowles, this whole comment actually, it, it, it strengthens my point because you invested that time in Garrett Bowles. You allowed patience to play out with him, and look what happened. He turned into the best left tackle in the NFL last season. I'm not saying Drew Locke is going to be, it's not a one-to-one. It's not going to be the best quarterback, but just give him some time. Just this season. It's all I'm saying. I'm not his agent. I'm not his father. I'm not his mother. I'm just using common sense and logic in a world, in a sphere, where emotion runs rampant, Chad. Uh, Dakota Marquez, appreciate that super chat, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. He says, I saw a podcast that Kirk Cousins might be another target for an upgraded quarterback. Thoughts? We touched on this a little earlier, not knowing that we had a super waiting on the subject. Uh, I'm not into it. I kind of already said why, but Zach, talk a little bit more about your thoughts on on Cousins. I, I just think he's a middling quarterback, and I think you said it best. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children. 
changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. He's had some of the greatest offensive minds around him. So it's like the antithesis of what Locke has been through in the NFL. And last year, the Vikings offense was not the issue. I've talked about this at length. There was the defense. It was injuries there. Uh, Kubiak, Gary Kubiak did a great job with Cousins. But like you said, when it's, it boils down to it, he's never going to be the guy to get you over the hump. And you can't blame anything on, on, on his supporting cast. I mean, he had two of the best receivers in the NFL arguably the best running back in the NFL, a good offensive line. He's just a middle-of-the-road guy. The Broncos had a chance to sign him in 2018. They passed. I don't think he's coming to Denver now, even with George Payton, and especially with that contract, Chad. He's only, I think, one season into. I like him. Sure as heck don't love him. And I'm not moving mountains to get Kirk Cousins here. I just, I mean, that's been there, done that. Like, Has anyone well, ever said that, though? <laughs> like What? Has that sentence ever come out of anyone's mouth? We're going to move mountains to get Kirk Cousins here. He's not that type of quarterback. All right, John, real quick. So I've got uh, base case, and then we got Josh, Shadow, Isaac, Michael, um, Cop again, Jim, Rogue, Dakota, and then Roger. I've got Roger, so there's a few in there. So just let me me distill that a little bit better. We need Josh, Isaac, and Michael for now. Uh, Meantime, let me grab base case. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. He says, odds makers have the Broncos at plus 150 to land Watson. Thoughts? And don't let Colin live rent-free in your minds. He's just oh. a hot take artist. Very true. He's, He's not living rent-free from my mind. Yeah, he ain't rent-free. He's being evicted. Uh, but the thing about Deshaun Watson, I'll take it real quick, Chad. A lot of fans, for hopeful reasons, put a lot into Vegas odds. Vegas also goes by the latest reports and rumors, and they had they saw the Lombardi thing. They saw Wentz is on the move now, so that's one team down for his services. And, you know, through it all, Denver has been, you know, bandied about as a landing spot or as the landing spot for Deshaun Watson. That is why uh, the, the odds are what they are now. But, you know, whatever happens, happens. I still think it's unlikely, but we'll see. Roger, jumping in with a very generous super chat, going from Facebook, a supporter, over to YouTube, to super chat. We just love it, dude, and we love you. We appreciate you, my friend. He says, send in some extra love. Thanks for all you guys do. Hey, man, appreciate you. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate you, dog. Uh, John's working on bringing up some of those that jumped in our chat here. So while he's working on that, let me pull up one or two cues here because we're at about 52 minutes. We can go a little bit over uh, the one-hour mark because it is the – 
the mile high mailbag. So give us just a few. Let me see what we got. Uh, speaking of which, here's Chase Wellner. With Kirk Cousins' level of play, we'd be sitting decent with this team, but not worth paying Cousins in particular. If we got that from Locke last year, we'd be in the playoffs. I don't know. Sitting decent? Yeah, you would be sitting decent. But what does that mean? You know, you're going to be 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, uh, best case. Like, that's the ceiling. That's what Kirk Cousins has proven. If he's proven anything, is you're going to get 4,000 yards, Zach. <laughs> you're going to get mid-20s in touchdowns and eight or nine wins. You're saying something that I saw a comment that said, Zach, you know, uh, you think Kirk Cousins can't get you over the hump, but Drew Locke can. We've, and I, I've said this before about many different quarterbacks, we've seen what Kirk Cousins is in the NFL. We don't yet know what Drew Locke can be in the NFL. And that's what I'm saying. He's inconsistent. He was disappointing last year, but he's not a bust and he's not a franchise quarterback. We still don't know what he is. We know what Kirk Cousins is. He's a middle of the road quarterback, a top 16 guy. I have faith that if Locke hits his ceiling, as does Chad, that Locke can be better than a top 16 quarterback. That is a difference. And guys, the other difference is body of work. Hello. All right. Sample size. Hello. Kirk Cousins has told you. I mean, he has screamed it to high heaven now. You know what he is. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. All right. He's a middle of the road NFL starting quarterback. I wouldn't even say top 15. I'd say he's that next tier. All right. That's what he is. And we can say that with relative authority because the sample size is great enough. With Drew, the sample size has only scratched the surface. And so you go off of the tools, you go off of the promise, you go off of what he has shown you that could at any point on his trajectory, if there was anything you saw from him that led you to believe, yeah, he was worth that second round pick. And there might be something there. He might be able to evolve into being the guy. He could become a franchise guy. We still haven't seen anything to, to, to dissuade you from that because the sample size is so small. Um, Base Gase wants to know, and then we got Michael next. He says, Matt Milano, uh, as a free agent, in free agency as our coverage linebacker, may be available, Zach. He's going to be really expensive, though. I, I think he's going to get a, you know, one of those, who was the guy, Corey Littleton last year, What he, the contract he got. I, it's going to be a little out of uh, what I believe will be the Broncos' price range. They're going to have to take care of their own guys. I mean, they're going to have to pony up for Simmons and Shelby Harris, hopefully, and they have to make some moves in their own roster. Uh, Milano would be decent, but again, if you can't get Levante David, I am more than happy to allocate those funds to guys like Simmons or Harris and get that inside linebacker in the first or second round. Dude, he only he only appeared in 10 games last year. Five starts, one pick, 35 solo tackles. Three and a half sacks, though. He's more of an edge, dude. I don't know. He's an edge inside hybrid. But, but yeah, he plays for um, Buffalo, so he's going to be overvalued on the open market just because of how good that defense is. Definitely. Michael Cravanis jumping in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good to see you, my friend. Really appreciate you. He says, Ricardo Allen, a cap casualty today would be a great corner depth signing. Fifth-round pick that's been a good pro. We need some value, guys, so that we can re-sign our own. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that as a depth guy, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of over the whole, let's find the scrap heap of everyone else's you right. know, former right. second, third, fourth, and fifth-round picks. Tried that with Devontae Harris. Tried that with Duke Dawson, right? Even uh, Devontae Bosby was a not a draft pick from someone else, but a guy that had been through other systems and kind of – was out there like I don't know I think the time has come if you're going to spend you spend on a proven commodity or you go into the draft and I think for the Broncos it's all about the draft 
I was going to say, do you want a guy who was cut on February 18th from one of the worst defenses in the NFL? I mean, someone like Ricardo Allen, I could see him landing in Dallas with Dan Quinn as their coordinator now, but, you know, would I cry if he was signed? No, but I'd rather, if they're going to go for a mid-tier free agent, you know, Mackenzie Alexander, Mike Hilton, I'd spend a little more money than someone for Ricardo Allen, of all people. All right, I have to... uh do Joshua Shadows super chat the uh, reverse engineered way because our stream, we, for some reason, we can't find you in our stream. It jumps after a while, and then we can't go back up to where we were. Long story short, we're doing it the old-fashioned way. So, Joshua, thank you so much for that generous super chat, my friend. Also a uh, supporter on Facebook. This is a guy that is just behind what we're doing here at MHH and helping to contribute to the very content everyone is enjoying right now. So thank you, Josh. He says, Albert O said something I liked about Locke. Quote, he's not listening to the noise. He's just trying to get better. So if we run with Locke and you could choose anyone, who are you bringing in as a backup slash mentor slash failsafe? Hey, man, that's a good question. By the way, Joshua, where did you get that? that oh, there he is. Thank you. Where did you get that um, quote from Albert O? If, if you wouldn't mind, DM me a link to that when you get a second. Or shoot me an email or Facebook me, whatever. Send me the link where you saw that. Uh, okay, I want to look into that. But wh- who would you bring in as that backup mentor fail seat? I'm on record, and I think you agree with me. Uh, among the options, I mean, who are you really looking at here? You have Andy Dalton. You have someone like Nick Foles. These are all free agents, not someone you can trade for. And you have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Among that group, and there's a few others in there, uh, I would like Andy Dalton. I think he's gotten kind of a bum reputation around the NFL. He's never going to be, you know, a Peyton Manning, a 10-year franchise quarterback, but if for a bridge or for a mentor or a fail-safe, he, you can do a lot worse than Andy Dalton. If something were to happen to Locke or he bombs this season they want to remain competitive, he can help you remain competitive. He wouldn't break the bank chat. He wouldn't bring controversy. He's as steady of a player as they come on the open market, and that's why I'd want Andy Dalton in a Denver uniform next year. All right, we got Isaac Mitchell in the hizzy. Appreciate you, bro. Really good to see you, and thank you for that generosity. Keep it coming. Keep in the support. You have, are becoming, and you what you're. I mean, you are. You're a superstar in the community, and we really appreciate you. And uh, it's been great getting to know you. He says, "What's up, guys? It's been a minute since I've caught one live. It's really great to see you. And uh, like I said, man, stick around. You know the schedule, and it's it's interesting, Zach, because." I do get questions from, you know, we get the, we get it in the chat every night as far as, you know, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Hey, I'm finally able to catch a pod live, right? Well, guys, it's clockwork. Seven days a week at Mile High Huddle. You don't have to guess when the streams are going to uh, be, all right? First of all, if you're subscribed on YouTube and you're liking and following on Facebook, your phone will beep you when we go live. But throwing that aside, let's pretend that doesn't happen. You can set your watch, uh, 6 p.m. Mountain to 7 p.m. Mountain, seven days a week. There's a Mile High Huddle podcast live stream happening, all right? So I can't even think of the last time we skipped one. I think it was uh, last summer we skipped one in uh, in honor of what was that? Something something just about the um, – I can't remember what it was. One of, the, one of the events that happened last summer, we did it as a um, show of solidarity. But nevertheless, it's rain, sleet, or snow, Zach. I don't want to think about last summer, but yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, we, we're always coming at you and we have more and more shows coming out. We have Kelberman's corner on Sunday afternoons. Like we keep teasing. We're going to keep, you know, debuting these new programs, but uh, we hope you're enjoying Isaac and uh, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Thank you for hanging in there tonight. All right, Dakota, again, thank you, my friend. 
and then also, John, is uh, Rogue Theory. And Cop 16 has another one uh, touching on, uh, on uh, we'll just say the word Prescott is in that super chat. So, and then Jimmy. So you saw that. Anyway, Dakota, thank you, my friend. He says, I'd love to trade for Deshaun Watson, but I'm down for having Locke another season. Who knows? May surprise the world. Either way, still a diehard Broncos fan. Amen, dude. And that's the thing that unites us all in this endeavor, right? We all have, we might have differing opinions on this topic or this subject or this quarterback or this roster question, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like with Deshaun Watson, if they did make that trade, neither Zach or myself have been open advocates for that to happen. Uh, We're quite skeptical about what it would take to get him. But if he lands in Denver, of course, we're going to close ranks, right? We're going to get behind it. We're going to say, all right, let's, let's, you know, find a way to make this thing work. We just have our serious doubts that that's really going to be that game-changing move for the Broncos, Only not because Deshaun isn't a top-level quarterback. He is. It's just what it would cost, you know, what you end up missing out on, and is he good enough to overcome the loss of what you end up giving up? That's where we have our doubts. Yeah, we have reservations that, again, a first-year GM like George Payton, who loves and values draft picks, everything he's ever known to stand on and the pillars of his morals – have been about the draft and not making these reckless maneuvers. I just can't foresee him doing that in year one as John Elway's successor. But whatever happens, happens. If they do trade for him, I'll support it, and I hope he brings success to the Broncos and something we haven't seen, Chad, in, you know, since 2015, and that's a playoff appearance. Appreciate it, Josh, a.k.a. Rogue Theory, one of my fellow uh, punk rock brethren out there in the audience. Love you, buddy. It's been great getting to know you, by the way, Doc. He says, no questions from me. Just want to be a superstar. Dude, you're on your way. You're yeah. seriously on your way. And it's, uh, I'm not, I mean, when I say this to anybody, I'm telling the truth. It's genuine. And that is, it's really been cool to get to know you, my friend. So keep it coming. Here's a, a point here from Denver three it says locks ceiling is like a Kirk cousins. Now, if you're just talking about, if you mean by that Denver three, like a second tier, top of the second tier type, just outside maybe the top 15 caliber, maybe, because we've said on this show before that we can kind of see Derek or what the, 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 not from a tools or a traits perspective, but just kind of the caliber of quarterback that a Derek Carr is, we could see that as a potential ceiling for Locke. But one huge, massive difference between Drew Locke and Kirk Cousins is arm talent, all right? If Drew can put it together here, and get the right coaching to help him put it together here. That dude's arm talent is among the best in the NFL. I'm not saying it is the best. You know, Josh, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, from a pure arm talent perspective, that's the cream of the crop in my opinion. And Drew, he has that kind of an arm, but he's got to get it between the ears. I was going to say, from a, a production standpoint, I can see Kirk Cousins' numbers, from, but from a quarterback you know, technical standpoint, they're nothing alike. Kirk Cousins is way more game manager than he is gunslinger, where Drew Locke is way more gunslinger than game manager. The problem is that Pat Shermer likes to play a gunslinger in a game manager's type role, and that's what you saw last year with Locke's struggles. Jimmy, jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. That's a newer name on Super Chat, so welcome. welcome. Thank you. Connect with us on Twitter. Coward the bandwagon. Y'all think we, sh- we keep Vaughn? Um, that's a good question. We touched on this the other night. I'm still very iffy, and until we know how this criminal investigation unfolds, and hopefully knock on wood, it turns out to be unfounded and no charges come from it, but until we know that, 
I don't even feel comfortable giving you like odds uh, or percentages because it's just that's a that's a factor that has to be you can't get around it, right? If he ends up getting charged criminally, goodbye, it's over probably. I mean, seriously, like ninety five percent. That's a number I'll give you. If he gets charged with a criminal uh, offense and he costs seventeen and a half million bucks and he's thirty two, coming off a ankle that cost him a whole year. That's a pile you can't overcome, in my opinion, Zach. But what criminal offense, though? We don't even know what happened. Know. I, and, yep. and, I, and I feel like if it was something serious, if it was a felony offense, we would hear more about it. It's been very buttoned up. And I happen to think, just to speculate a little bit, it was a domestic dispute that kind of went sideways, and it was uh, resolved internally between Von Miller and his ex-fiance, I imagine. But I, I tend to think if... If he was worried about being convicted, if he was facing a true felony, would he be on Instagram changing his captions to, you know, Denver Broncos for life? I'm a little more optimistic, I think, than Chad. I do think he will hang around. I do think it will come with a restructure or an extension, something to lower his cap hit because after last year, they can't justify paying him, what, $19 million on the books this season. They have to lower that, but I have faith that Vaughn will be playing in Denver this season. All right, we got Jay who says, all right, talking about Drew. So what is his ceiling? Be honest. All right, I'll tell you what I – this isn't anything new, and I don't mean to say this – I don't mean anything by that, Jay, but if you've not heard me say this before, I've, I have said it many times. Drew's ceiling is something approximating Matthew Stafford circa 11 through 14. That version of Matthew Stafford, all right, that's the ceiling. Doesn't mean he gets there. Doesn't mean he fully realizes that potential. But if you take that Matthew Stafford, all right, that version, right, the guy throwing up dimes and throwing up those jump balls uh, for Megatron and the guy that was doing the sneaks across the goal line and making plays, right, putting up volume, making plays, um, you put that guy in Denver right now, that guy, you know, you can't go back in time. So this is obviously just, you know, hypotheticals. But you put that guy in Denver, you're a 10-11 win team. That's the ceiling I can see, and it's, you know, there's just no guarantee Drew gets there, but that's the, the top of the mountain, in my opinion. I'm thinking rich man's version of Patrick Mahomes is Drew Locke's ceiling in the NFL. <laughs> I, I said this last time, and I'll be a little more maybe on the, the realistic side for the Drew Locke haters, 2016 Derek Carr which was a Pro Bowl quarterback for the Raiders. If you get a Pro Bowl quarterback in Denver with that defense and everything else, that would be a playoff team, so... Anywhere between that, though, Chad, whether it's 2016 uh, Derek Carr or, you know, when uh, Matt Stafford was in his prime, if they get that level of quarterback, Chad, they will be back to relevancy very fast. All right, let me see. We, John, just FYI, as I grab Michael here, there's one we're still missing from Comp 16 talking about Prescott. If, uh, if there's, if that's in reach for you, I'm looking back. Yeah, we got everything else up to that point, And then I think I'm right on. With Michael here, I am actually no. So from so aside from that, we would need um, Seth Harmon. I am supreme, and then we're good. All right, Michael. Thank you again, my friend. He says worked with the Chiefs. They got corners to thrive off the scrap heap. All right, all right. Just saying, can't fill it all in the draft. I feel you. Um, <clears throat> look. It's not that I'm diametrically opposed, you guys, to the Broncos trying to find good value signings out there on free agency. By all means, I'm just saying don't expect it to change the game, all right? Bryce Callahan, that's your only 
guarantee and he's not he's far from it right because of the injuries when he's healthy you know you're going to get upper echelon corner play you're going to get top five top ten especially at nickel besides that you're banking on oj moody taking a step forward in year two and then it jumps off a cliff from there you just nosedive all right so you got to find bona fide you know forces to be reckoned with and i just looking at what the market is we've gone through this many times we've opened up spot track for you guys we've looked at who's out there it's the draft guys it's uh, it's uh, Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan, J.C. Horn. It's one of those guys early, which is why you need your first-round picks, guys. You freaking need your first-round picks um, because, you, I mean, Deshaun Watson showed you what he can do for you when he doesn't have a defense. What was it, Zach, 5-11? and 4-12, and 12, so four even and better. 12. He led the league in passing, and they went 4-12. and 12. And that's all other subject, but, you know, someone like Ricardo Allen – you know, you, you can try to find value signings, but again, it's not going to change, like Chad said, that what they want to do this offseason. Even if they sign the best cornerback on the open market, which is Patrick Peterson, they would still draft Farley at number nine. They need help that badly in the secondary at safety and corner. So would I cry for Cardo Allen was signed or Mike Hilton? No, but it's not going to change ultimately what I think the Broncos will do at number nine, which is keep adding to that position. All right, there he is again. Thank you, my friend. Cop 16. Showing more love. Football priest. Hashtag Zach Prescott. You need the side profile to get the full Zach Prescott effect. There it is. There it is. There you go. All right. Appreciate you, my friend. Love it. Thank um, you, man. Seth Harmon. There he is. Good to see you. Seth, are you on Twitter? Because every time I go to shout you out, I, I search and I think I know what your hand – Oh, I don't actually know if there's a Seth Harmon. So if you're on Twitter, connect. If you're not on Twitter, create an account. Connect with us there. We like to keep the conversation going, keep tabs on our superstars, all right, on Twitter. He says, love the pod, keep up the great work. Very sweet, my friend. Appreciate you. Talk about a superstar. George yeah, Vandermark, George. he's ride or die. He's MHH Mount Rushmore, and this is a guy, you want to talk about, you know, putting 2020 behind you? This is a guy that has a, a real beef, you know, with 2020. But he's new year, new me. He's rocking freaking Manscaped, right? He's one of the guys that jumped on that early. And he'll sing the praises. Ask him. He'll tell you. He's not He's not a paid testimonial. This guy will tell you the truth on Manscaped. But I love you, George. It's good to see you, dog. Hope the family's doing well. Um, you know, give give our best to, uh, to Jazz. He says, I stood by Bowles, and I'm sticking with Locke as well. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. I give you credit, George. I was off the Garrett Bowles train, and uh, I'm eating crow for that now, but I am sticking by Drew Locke, and I will also eat crow if I'm wrong on that, as will Chad, but time will tell. We just want to see one more season play out. All right, guys. I know there are a lot of questions in here still that we haven't been able to get to, but we are legit out of time, so we got to rapid fire these remaining superstars, and then uh, we'll try and get to as many as we can on Sunday, and, of course, Kelberman's Corner, for those of you who are supporters, we do get to your questions there as well. Or I should say Zach and Kim get to your questions. Uh, I am Supreme, 22, superstar. Love you, bro. How many games before deciding on Drew? I give him six. Um, I think you'll have a uh, – whoops. I think you'll have a decent bead on Drew by six games, but I'm telling you, you just give him this one last year. You give him the season. And if he ends up – uh, flaming out hard early and you've got an Andy Dalton on the roster and it's Vic Fangio's do or die season. I understand it. All right. If he gets hurt and you got to move on, you got to turn the page, you got fish to fry. But I honestly think that uh, 
you know, he needs the that full year in a perfect world. But as we know, the NFL is far the farthest thing from a perfect world. So it's incumbent on Drew if he does get the opportunity to 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 run it back with the Broncos this year. This dude has to stay healthy. If he doesn't stay healthy, all bets are off. If he stays healthy, I think Broncos fans are going to be pleasantly surprised, especially those who are skeptics. Um, Zach, Josiah, Gerard, a newer name on Super Chat. So welcome. Appreciate you. As Bronco fan for years, I would say that Vaughn is too old and and hurt. The fact that he has been hurt way too much and missed too many games, it's time to get out of the Vaughn era, Zach. I, I disagree with that. I, I think that Vaughn still has at least two to three years of high-level, future Hall of Fame-level play in him, and the Broncos would be remiss to jump ship on that too early in the in the year of continuity and the year of status quo for George Payton and the Broncos. Uh, he can still provide 10 to 12 sacks when he's healthy, and he was champing at the bit to get on the field last year. It's unfortunate. We were all excited about Von Miller coming back and in the Vic Fangio defense until he stepped wrong in practice and hurt his ankle. But what happened since then? I know he's overpaid. I know he's his cap number is high. If they can get a resolution there, as I think they will, Von Miller will provide a really good return on investment. That's how I feel about him. Drew Love, a newer supporter on Facebook, also throwing out some love and some stars. You. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, the queen jumping in, throwing some some support Thank as she you. is wont to do. Talk about a superstar. And by the way, Christy, we're getting to that point. It's about time to get you back on the show. You tell us when you can do it. Reach out to us. Let us know. We want to get you back on the show. Yes. Thank you, Christy. We love you. Um, got one here also from Hezbuster, who is a newer name on Super Chat. He says, great show tonight, man. Really digging Kelberman's corner oh, as well. So he's, a, he's also a supporter. What's your Facebook? Hey, send me, send us an email and do one of these and say, hey, it's Hezbuster and on Facebook I'm this. I don't know what your handle is on Facebook. Most people usually use their real names on Facebook, so I'd like to be able to connect the dots there um, just so I know who's who and give people their, their props and, and whatnot. So really appreciate you, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. Milehighhuddle at gmail.com, et cetera, et cetera. All right, let me see real quick. We're about out of time here. Uh, also, hey, shout out to Big Earn, dude. This guy, talk about ride or die. Big Earn, every single stream, Big Earn's in it. And he's DMing me. If it's if it's 345 Mountain Time and we don't have the stream already set up, this dude's going, hey, where's the stream, dude? So, <laughs> Holding us accountable. Let's go. So love that, Big Earn, and uh, appreciate you, dog. All right, let me see. Bear with us here, gang. Uh, so much, so much great engagement conversations going on in the chat. I really wish we could just sit here all day and just riff off what you guys are. One day we're going to have a marathon pod one day, Chad, for 24 hours straight. We're just answering questions nonstop and talking. Yes. We'll we'll make that happen. We can do that. You know, we'll get some pre-workout like we did at the freaking combine (laughs) and just go that, you know what, crazy. Um, All right. uh, Let me see here. Stand by. Here's Josiah. We got Josiah. Um, did we get everybody? Let me see. Hold on. Let me do the, the back end real quick. I think we're, we might actually be current. So we, we got to get going here. Bear with me one second, guys. Sorry for the dead air here, but uh, uh, yeah, we're good. So guys, thank you so much to each and every one of you for uh, checking in with us here tonight on the huddle up podcast and giving us some of your time. We see the analytics on the back end, And so both on Facebook and YouTube, uh, what's up on, on uh, Twitch there, Fairvik. Good to see you. Um, we see that the vast majority of listens that come on our podcast, and this is very atypical for YouTube live streams, Facebook live streams, the vast majority of people that click and listen for any period of time 
is well into the two thirds. Uh, that's the average. So most people, they're actually watching the whole thing, right? They're from A to Z. And then those who do dip in and dip out, you know, it brings the average down to about two thirds. That's a really high number. We love you guys. We appreciate you for that. By the way, if you're one of our regular YouTube viewers and listeners, but you're not subscribed to Mile High Huddle on YouTube, dude, handle that. Follow us. Subscribe, I should say, on YouTube. We're this close to crossing 10K. And when we do, we got a big, big, big surprise for the community, for the audience. So if you're one of those out there that just – it's funny because if you go onto YouTube, Zach, and just start typing Mile High Huddle, it's funny. I noticed this the other day because I was trying to find a specific video. So I start typing Mile High Huddle. And it auto pops. The first thing that it auto popped was mile high huddle live stream time. It's like, dude, just subscribe. And then you don't got to guess. Right. Mm. So uh, that's your PSA for today, boys and girls. Uh, Willie, good to see you. Hit the bell. Yep. You subscribe. And if you hit the bell, it's no big deal. Your phone buzzes when we go live or when we uh, publish a new video and you don't miss anything. All right. Uh, yes, Christos, we do have plans to share the love of our VIP premium video content like Kelberman's Corner on YouTube as well. Might have a little something to do with the surprise we have in mind for our 10K uh, milestone. So we are going to be offering and opening up a uh, YouTube membership tier. All right. So that's going to be in the very near future. That's why, hey, guys, help us get to that 10K. The sooner that happens, the sooner all will be known in due time. But guys, we got to go. So follow on uh, Facebook. Remember the actual podcast account, facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. Just open up the, the uh, app and type in the, the pod name, huddle up podcast. You'll find us. I'll put the, the link right now in the, in the, in the chat and you can just click and make it super easy. Uh, the Twitter account at huddle up pod at mile high huddle, Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And then of course our great producer, Buona Beast. Hey, appreciate oh, that. That's cool. Appreciate, appreciate that, you, man. Uh, John K, MHH on Twitter. Check out the merch store. Subscribe, like. You know the drill. Zach, have a great weekend, bro. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you got cooking for Sunday's episode, which is what? Episode 7 of Kelberman's Corner. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well, Chad. Have a great weekend, everyone out there. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Have a great Friday. Have a great Saturday. We'll be back on Kelberman's Corner, which is Noon Mountain. And then Chad and I will be back on 6 o'clock Mountain for the podcast on Sunday night. Take care, guys. Subscribe, like, and share. Support us. Help us get to 10K. I promise you, you'll be rewarded. Take care. Have a great weekend. As always, my last salute. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 